are listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 132, Storks. Rotopack, form a podcast. Welcome, welcome, animation fans from around the globe. My name is Mason, and this is the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers. This is episode 132, and today we are reviewing... The uh, brand new animated film that's in uh, theaters by Warner Brothers Animation, Storks, or Estorks, if you're in Latin America. Like I said, I'm your host, Mason, and I am here with my two lovely co-hosts, Morgan, best heard, not seen, Straddling, and Chelsea, (laughs) not in the jungle, Robson. (laughs) Well, seriously, Morgan, turn turn on your camera so that we can see your, your beautiful face. So this is me right now, and uh, my camera is on. It's just blackness. So, yes, <laughs> she's hiding from it. us. She's that is uh, what she's doing. She is currently redacted from view. <laughs> well, we are coming uh, to you live, and if you are listening um, or you're watching us for the first time, then welcome. If you are a recurring listener slash watcher, then welcome back. We love you guys, and we also want to. I just want to thank our Patreon subscribers because without them we wouldn't even be able to do this video cast or do these live shows and we really appreciate your support so thank you very much so the animation addicts podcast so think of us as your three super nerdy animation loving friends and we're all sitting around talking about what we love about animation and about our about animated films in general not just our favorites see we challenge ourselves although we didn't go out and see the new ice age movie that was was too much of a challenge (laughs) You know what? We didn't get complaints about that. We got praise. Yeah. We actually got praise from a production crew member of Ice Age Five Collision Course. Oh, we gotta we gotta post that sometimes. No, it's probably he was like, I don't blame y'all. <laughs> no, it, it was cool. He gave us a bunch of like reasons for why the like the executives wanted it done and how everyone in the production like groaned at the prospect of doing another Ice Age. So and, and this is them coming straight off of the Peanuts movie. So. I don't know. Aww. Nerdy stuff like that. That's what we talk about on the show. That is what we talk about. And we love it. Every second of it. In the beginning, storks delivered babies. It wasn't always easy. No matter how tough or impossible or brutal or inhumane or savage, we would triumph over adversity. Thank goodness we don't do that anymore. Now storks deliver packages for cornerstore.com. Our new phones! Always deliver. The orphan tulip. Oh, uh, a tulip is just fine. Orphan hurts my heart. There's one last baby to deliver. family that never got the baby they asked for if this baby finds her family then maybe i can find mine all right let's do it let me show you how to fly this hello i'm a bird i'm pretty sure i know how to ah! i was wrong i was immediately wrong is your seat wet yep and i peed in the seat when we were falling Glass. Birds can't see glass. Oh no! Left, right, left. Not working. Are you kidding me? 
baby powder. I built my plane to find my parents. You'll find your family. Don't worry, honey. Everything's gonna be just fine. We're gonna die! Guys, we are headed so fast to our 150th episode. Yes. We're at episode Seriously. 132, Estorx. Estorx. <gasps> I went and saw it today. I was, I'm totally fresh. Me too. I saw it this, Me too. this afternoon at the one o'clock um showing matinee at my local oh, nice. theater so it was really funny when i walked in the lady who was selling the tickets like i live in this area that has a very high um population of retired um people so folks folks wow <laughs> retired folk and like the lady was just like the nicest person just like oh I bet you're really excited to see this little one. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I am alone nice. on a matinee for storks. This is where I am. So I, I saw it. Uh, I also saw it this afternoon. I think it's safe to say that we're all super busy and lazy, and we went didn't go to see, bother to see the film until today. But we're going to try for the semi unscripted approach because I didn't write anything in our episode document that we uh, that we use as like our our outline for the episode. <laughs> So minimal notes here. Minimal notes. I don't know, but hey, I made quite a few notes. So Chelsea made quite a few notes. So we'll be, um, you know, we'll be relying on her yeah. tonight. Now, uh, if you're expecting my usual cynical um, theater report, then you'll be slightly disappointed because I actually had a change of heart today. Really? I um, yeah, Ooh. I was I was one of about maybe seven or eight people in the theater. There was um, a couple. Another couple about my age, um, a guy my age who was there alone, and a grandma and her two uh, granddaughters who were uh, seated right in front of me. It was a really small theater. Uh, I walked in. I, I was really grumpy because I've had a really tough week um, or a really busy week, I guess. Full of stress. And um, so I, 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 look at, I look at it and I'm like, oh, great. So they're just going to make commentaries. So, and, and they did. One of the granddaughters <laughs> stayed perfectly silent, like a good little girl. The other one, after every preview, um, and we had a lot of previews. We had Lego Batman preview. Um, we had Monster Trucks preview, which actually looks pretty cool, um, and some other previews. And after every preview, she was she turned to her grandma and go, that was crazy, <laughs> really loud. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're okay, kid. You're okay. So I've had a change of heart. Um, she wasn't annoying, and she didn't disrupt my theater experience because she actually didn't talk during the actual film. But um, after every um, trailer, she was like, that was crazy. And the grandma was like, oh, we're going to have to see that one. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is too sweet. Who who am I to bash on this? So <laughs> little girl and her grandma, you guys are okay. The silent you one, you're, you're okay. just fine, too. Yeah, so I, um, my initial thoughts on the film was I really liked it. I figured I would like it. I was not even pleasantly surprised because I wasn't surprised. I I I came in with uh, the same expectations as I usually do, and I uh, for an animated film, and uh, I was pretty pretty happy and uh, pretty glad I watched it by the time I left. Nice. 
nice. Yeah, my initial thoughts, actually, going into this film, I was I was not expecting really anything. Um, I was not looking forward to this film. It, it was just like, that one? I have to see that one? Oh. So I, I really wasn't excited about this at all. <laughs> but after the first few minutes, they kind of won me over. And I was like, you know what? This is actually really quite clever. There's a lot of funny little things in there. Then, And my overall enjoyment was good yeah i sort of had the same same uh perception as chelsea initially was not intrigued by the concept was not intrigued by the trailers and the idea that i had to go see the movie was like "Mm." but you know i heard actually you know i didn't this came out a few weeks ago but and i didn't have the chance to see the the screening because of different things and so I finally saw it and other people had seen it and they actually had very positive reviews and said, no, no, it's actually quite good. So that eased my troubled nerves a little bit. And so it was good. Ah, we shall good. talk about it. Yeah. Warner Brothers Animation. I think it was called, was it called Rat Pack? The little studio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got Nic- uh, Nicholas Stoller uh, as writer and, and the producer or, or a director, writer and the producer who I don't even know who he is. So I'm going to look at his IMDb right now. What do we got? Uh, let's see. Writer for Yes Man. Writer for Neighbors. Writer for The Muppets. Yeah. So basically, he was a lot on live action script. Um, so he's done a lot of those live action funny man type movies, and <laughs> including The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. And he's actually was... comedies for the new millennium. Yeah, basically. Um, and he's he's also looks like he's on he's going to be writing or he's already written Captain Underpants movie from Hello. from DreamWorks and that is said to come He'll out. He'll be directing, not writing. Oh yeah, writing. You're right. Well, yeah, sir. yeah, he's writing and directing. Yeah. No, no. According to this, it's just writing, not directing. There's a little uh, great little table matrix that you can see on Wikipedia, and he is just writing so chelsea was right i love matrices all right so writer of captain underpants i want to know how they're going to handle the killer toilets yeah so well here's the thing that i thought was interesting about nicholas stoller was that he was not only the director co-director on this but he also was the writer and the producer well he was co-producer in it but like so this was basically his baby no pun Mm -hmm. intended um <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah since um since the movie is storks we're gonna have to uh, ask morgan about all these stork related questions so <laughs> oh yes i will update you on everything you ever wanted to know <laughs> the other director was doug sweetland and if you look at him he was an animator he is a pixar guy he's a pixarian very, going all the way back to toy story he animated basically majority of the films um he did he was, you know, a directing animator at one point and was a director of Presto. And then recently, his most recent is directing Storks, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Because, I don't know. I mean, we all have different goals. But for me, if I were an animator, I would love to direct a film at one point in time. Maybe not all animators want that to be their goal, but I think that's pretty cool. He was able to achieve that. Yeah, and from what I saw, the difference, the different jobs that they both took on, like Nicholas was always there for all the writing, not for the writing, and also for uh, the storyboard treatments and for the recording. Um, something that I really liked about this was most of all the recordings of the main duo of Tulip and Junior were all done together at the same time. So that was Ooh, cool. Good. Um, but 
also he was in charge of well yeah so that's mostly what he was in charge of and then doug just went all for the animation side and nick actually really liked what he saw in in presto and the fact that it was so different it was more cartoony than it was in and it didn't look like pixar it didn't look like illumination it just had its own feel and so that was one of the main reasons why warner brothers were very excited about bringing doug on dude gotta have my presto man (laughs) and i see the resemblance there's a lot of physical comedy involved you know plus it's Mm -hmm. warner brothers you know and um but yeah i was excited going into this because i love I love cartoons. I love cartoons. <laughs> and uh, maybe it's because I, I went through like a, a, a whole, like a whole six months of my first semester in grad school, just doing um, anatomically correct photorealistic uh, CG work. And so um, now that I have a little more freedom and a little more say in the projects that I do in my grad program, I'm, I've been doing a lot more like cartoon stuff. And um, so I was excited to see this when I watch films like this. I look at the characters and I'm like, okay, how do they rig that? You know, like what kind of controls are making those eyes make those shapes? And um, a new term that I've kind of picked up from, I guess, the past couple of months, like studying the industry and sending in applications for uh, for interviews and, and internships and stuff is shape-based. And that is the concept of making animation controls and producing animation that is based on the shape, um, like the abstract uh, shape of a cartoon so think dracula in hotel transylvania and hotel transylvania 2 so when gendy tartakovsky arrived as the ultimate director of number one and the only director of number two he would look at an animation thing and he would basically draw on the screen and draw the shape that he the po the shape of the pose that he really wants dracula to hit mm-hmm. and the animators or the or the technical directors for the character need to make tools that let them hit those poses no matter how wacky or goofy or abstract they look so whether they can get boxed up and turn into like a, a box shape or, you know, or be, turn into a squiggly line, there's thousands of lines of code that are written to, to make that happen, I suppose, or, or tools that are written to do that. There's a code for that. There's a code for that. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, I'm kind of a nerd in that I look at kind of the character, the technical character aspects. And uh, it's pretty interesting, you know, I love how especially how tulip especially her her eyes and her mouth they they look like they could be just drawn on there and yet there's enough stretch in the lips and stuff to make all kinds of different shapes and stuff and i don't know i just like how cartoony and abstract everything looked uh very similar to cloudy with a chance of meatballs which i i really enjoyed as someone who gets into the technical aspects of cg characters so yeah overall i was very, very impressed with it. And I saw a lot of Presto in it now that you mention it. There was a lot to see. <laughs> there was a lot to see. So this movie has been out for about two weeks at the time of this recording. Uh, the release date was September 23rd, 2016 in the U.S. Um, but I believe it was released in quite a few other places at the same time. So basically worldwide. I know that while I was in Brazil, it did come out there as well. I did not want to see the the dubbed version though. But so since its release it has made about 7 or no, I'm sorry. Let me rewind. Um so the budget for this film was about 70 million dollars, which is about average from what I saw. I was looking at some of the other movies and Secret Life of Pets was 75 million. So it was like on par with what other companies are spending to make these types of films. And the box office d- domestic 
as of yesterday, October 5th, um, we've got about $41 million and then worldwide we're about $82 million. So it has made its budget. <laughs> that is the goal, right? That is step one is can we make our budget It's, it's back? not like you can sell a lot of, Check it's not that like you can sell a lot of toys about this, you know? Nope, no, no cute uh, penguin toys in this movie. The penguins are really <laughs> evil and horrible in this movie. They really are. But cute little stork cute toys. Cute little baby toys. I don't know. I don't, I don't really see. I haven't heard much buzz about this film, you know, from just general people on the street or out and about. So I think it's done relatively well, but it's not necessarily, you know, breaking boundaries and, and just like a smash hit. Yeah. But it, it was solid, though. Very solid. Solid. Rated PG, Solid. and do you guys know why? It's because the film contains a scene depicting a fight between the protagonists, and uh, there are some evil penguins where a fork is used as a weapon. <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband, because they're stabbing people with forks around here. <laughs> I saw that, and I was just like, well, yeah... There's probably a good reason why you should talk to your, you know, little two-year-old. No, forks should not be thrown at your little sister. Oh, no. If there are kids that are that creative with forks, then they should be president <laughs> of the United States. But, yeah, um, let, them, let them fling those forks. It's creativity. Oh, there's this line where it's like, I know your school promotes creativity over actual learning. But <laughs> I was like, zing, I like it. <laughs> Ty Burrell with the zinger. Um uh. There's a lot of good voices. Yeah. yeah. First, first of all, we got Andy Samberg, who is my spirit animal. And uh, seriously, <laughs> watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I'm like a slightly more cynical, more sarcastic uh, Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And um, let's see. And then I didn't recognize Tulip's voice actress. I didn't notice. Like I, She's a, She does a lot yeah, of voices for really like... Um, she does stuff in Clarence, Adventure Time. She was in Bob's Burgers in a couple of episodes. You mean we hired... Katie Crown. Just kind of a, a, a B or C or, or D-list person well, to do one of our leads yeah, let's see. in 2016? Yeah, a, yeah, she does a lot of... Um, I, I don't watch Clarence, so I'm sorry, but on Cartoon Network, I think. But uh, she's in it. She's... Uh, she was in Barbie Life in the Dream House. It was a short TV series. She was she was Teresa. Yeah. Uh, she was an American Dad. So I think she just does a lot of voice acting for um, animation. And that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Because yeah, awesome. you know what? Man, she really flowed with Andy Samberg. Like, she really kept up with him. Yeah. And um, she I really mean- matched his personality and uh, was, was a good fit, I think. I thought so too. And the fact afterward, when I heard that they had done most base, he said that it was very rare. If not only like once or twice, did they ever do any lines with them alone? So they were always in the room together if they ever had any lines to do. So I thought that was probably one of the things that made it so cohesive throughout the whole thing. Yep. And then, uh, uh, Kelsey call me if you need a corrupt businessman in your movie grammar. Um, (laughs) Again with the, again with the evil businessman. Like, do, do you guys see what Hollywood is trying True. to push down your throats? Like, seriously, wake up. But um, Kelsey Grammer, um, he play, basically played the same guy in Transformers: um, Age of Extinction, and uh, so they brought him back to be the same thing except a stork. And um, I really liked how he was like, "You get to do this: stare at the sun. Yes, if you can't <laughs> stare at it, then you then what's the point of being boss or something like that." I really liked it. 
Um, it's like, why why did I make my office entirely out of glass when birds can't see glass? Power, power. move. <laughs> power move. <laughs> I was like, I like that, actually. Um, and then um, Key and Peel, the, the most um, creative and hilarious depiction of wolves in an animated film that I've seen in that a long great. time. Wolfpack! <laughs> yes. Form a submarine! <laughs> Wolfpack, form a plane! <laughs> <laughs> it's great form a broken form, heart form a minivan wait we're parents now ow, ow, this ow, is ow, dangerous the wolf packs are great and i and you know what i could i could barely notice that they were key and peel and and i freaking i love a.a. Ron. <laughs> um, I love those guys. And um, it didn't even sound like them. They really uh, ramped up the wolf, you know? So they were getting creative. It's like, th- this film, it- it's got this um, awesome mix of um, stars, because they're stars, um, lesser-known stars that are probably famous in, in animation, like a voice actor, like uh, like the voice of Tulip. Um, you know, Kelsey Grammer, um, kind of a typecast. And then you've got Key and Peele, except um, instead of just key and peel cast as key and peel they actually formed their own sort of uh, uh wolf personas kind of like how what tom Selleck was going to do with all dogs go to heaven but don blue shut him down real quick <laughs> so i i really liked them and then uh danny trejo cameo i mean hello and um he was the um kind of the old crazy stork that was tulips uh, um deliverer jasper. jasper that's right my baby well don't my don't forget Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. That was the one voice I... to me that stood oh, out. Really? I was like, oh, then I must, that's I must, uh, yeah. my, my Jennifer Aniston game is weak then, but my Ty Burrell game is strong. No, my... <laughs> See, it's funny the different things you pick up on. Yeah, my Jennifer Aniston game was really down. I was like, wait, what? I was not paying attention to that, but there we go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I really like the cast. I love uh, Andy Samberg. Like... This is Warner Brothers Animation, so these are the people that brought you the Lego movie, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And just that type mm-hmm. of comedy and, like, the type of dialogue and commentary and, like, comments by the actors. Like, we millennials, were so into our comments. Like, we have to comment on everything. Like, we have to be like, oh, that escalated quickly. <laughs> we have to make, like, little quippy comments about that <laughs> rather than talking about real issues. The, ele- the election's getting way too close for me to keep my sanity. But... Um, <laughs> But we love our our comments and our like little quippy one liners and like the rising generation today oh, yeah. has ha, we have our own language and that's totally yeah. reflected. And while I was watching this, I was like, man, is that how we talk? Like, is this like modern comedy for us? But mm-hmm. um, at, and then I was like, man, I wish they would make animated films where where they were timeless, where like the characters talked like anybody in any era could have talked. But of course, that's unrealistic. And I think it's important that, you know, 50 years from now, people are going to look back and be like, whoa, people talked that slowly or, you know, well, people, even people talked like the... that in, in, in real life and stuff. But I, I just admired the, the script writers or whoever was in charge of the dialogue that it, it made it really relatable to this generation. And I thought that was pretty effective. Yeah. Well, the, he said that some of it was actually on the spot, too. Oh, so ad-libbed? So there's a lot of ad-libbed through this whole thing. And that's they they kept a lot of that just because they wanted to make it more notable of today. It's just kind of his it's his style too. Like you look at all of his movies in live action, and it's going to have that same quip. 
that those same type of rhythm. Mm. So they have the same rhythm go, going through the whole thing. And so I think I really liked it in the fa- in that because I, it did feel a lot more just it went faster, I think. Yeah, it, and um it, very fast action. It's interesting how fast animated films move. And and again, it's just um I think it's just this Warner Brothers animation style, you know? Um mm-hmm. with the um uh, the Ninjago Lego um, short film before that, and the uh, hilarious yeah. preview for uh, Lego Batman before that. Yes, um, they've got. I think they've got their own flavor, you know, mm-hmm. their own brand, and uh, I'm excited for that. And it's going to be interesting how it competes with um, who did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Was that Sony? Uh, yes. Yeah, that with like um with sony you know they had hotel transylvania they had cloudy with a chance of meatballs and then i don't think the type of frenetic energy that we saw in, in this film was quite um uh, like a Illum- like illumination does i think illumination is a little uh less like rampant but i'm i'm really like interested this, this kind of does have the same feel as what sony is trying to go for i feel yeah. Well, good. Um, they have a competitor. Is... May the best studio win. I love competition okay. in, in, in yes. the industries. <laughs> I agree. It's what drives perfection. It's true. But yeah. Well, the the funny thing is, as I was watching this movie, there were a couple, as always, a couple Simpsons quotes came to mind. And I'm just going to quote The Simpsons because I think every episode should have some type of a Simpsons quote. <laughs> and there's one episode where Homer goes, where... Homer makes basically is making it so that Bart can't go see the new Itchy and Scratchy movie. And he says, you know, when I was a boy, I really wanted a catcher's mitt, but my dad wouldn't get it for me. So I held my breath and passed out on the coffee table. All right. I held my breath and passed out until I banged my head on the coffee table. Doctor said I might have brain damage. Dad, what's the point of this story? I like stories. <laughs> I like stories. Yeah, <laughs> you, you did a good job of that. You know, well, it, it, when I was it, a boy, I really wanted a catcher's mitt. I can only oh, I can should. only do Homer Simpson for like two seconds. Oh, but you did a good. I'm Those working on my Homer. And I'm working on my Peter Griffin. Actually, family Family Guy characters are Please are do. pretty easy to do. Please do Homer. That would make me so happy. But anyway, as I was listening, this quote kept going through my head because I was like, "What is this movie trying to tell us?" Like, I don't. What's the point of this at first? Because at first, you know, it comes in and you have um, the story of Junior. And, you know, obviously you get that great moment of like, hey, what do you guys got going on this weekend? Oh, well, I've got family stuff. Oh, yeah, family, 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 family. Everyone's got their own little family and own life outside of work. And he's the, the main workaholic guy because he's got nothing else going that for him. That was very subtle. That. Yeah. It was. And I appreciated the subtlety of it. But it, at the same time, I was like, okay. So we got that side of him. Um, but then also, I, like, the whole, there was just, oh, okay. I was just like, are, are we trying to think of Junior and Tulip as, a, like, an actual couple? Like, no, it's that just was a fan. My... <laughs> they're, they're a family. They, they formed like, their own emergency the... family. We're not a family. Yeah. We're just two people who are two people who have who made a baby and we're trying to get it to go to sleep or something like that. Right. And I was like, I was like, the only good thing that came out of this relationship is the baby. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is funny. It really but- reminded me of um, Cubone and the Two Strings and how um, how the banter between Monkey Q-bone and, and the, two <laughs> the the 
the uh, and how the banter between Primeape and Heracross um, yeah. were, was very. Um, see, I go with the second Pokemon joke, and no one gets it. But um, <laughs> was very was very. Um, what is what are the things that they that give birth to the child? Very mother and fatherly, and jeez. Um, what? And, sorry, man. I am so frazzled this week. That wouldn't have been my you'll, answer. You'll know I yes, walked into that, a pillar the other day. <laughs> I feel like I have a bit of, a, of an excuse as well, but yeah, continue. Man, We're gonna have a great episode. It's been it's been one of those weeks, guys. But yeah, um, mother and fatherly, and I liked that kind of stuff, and um, mm-hmm. it had some. It had some very, um, very updated concepts on what a family is, and I was happy to see. Um, I was interested and happy to see a lot of different, um, you know, different formats of what it means to be a family or have a family depicted in the film. Uh, especially, especially towards the end, I think it was kind of a shout out to um, any couple who has adopted or any couple who uh, who has who is raising a child, and um, it, it was it was very interesting. And um, yeah, yeah. One thing that I didn't necessarily love, I mean, I feel the the double working parents who are so busy that oh, they basically yeah. ignore their children. I, I feel like it's just been done quite a few too many times recently with The Little Prince. <laughs> and then what movie is it like from the 90s where, oh, in, in We're oh, Back. Oh, We're Back, yeah. You know, the, oh. how, you know, how the, the girl is just at home and she never sees her parents and her parents just I mean, don't yes, even notice when they go and join the a, circus a problem but um i don't know i felt that didn't feel very unique there or was fresh there was a me. little bit of uh redemption for the parents because they learned their lesson very fairly early you know because the mm-hmm. dad was you know just five minutes and then we're done and then you know uh and then oh yeah, yeah. this is the best day yeah. of my life and um more or less i really liked that because there's a lot going on in the movie and it would just be like white noise or unnecessary to um to make them learn this giant valuable lesson there at the end you know well Mm -hmm. it also helped to kind of create the the vibe of they're both now looking forward to having this baby. They all want the baby. So that ramps up. Right. Yeah, you're right. So classic writing, you've got to put more at stake, you know, and you've yeah, got so to keep the audience wondering. If they if they hadn't done that until the end, like the fact that the baby wouldn't be there would have been like, well, we didn't really have our hearts set on it anyway. Um, you're totally right, was... though. It's, it's a trope for the parents to be workaholics <laughs> and ignore the Yeah, kid. no, it is. Yes. I did see that there was quite a bit of like a, a pro adoption theme when I when it came Ooh, to the very yeah. end, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that. And like even the, at toward the beginning, there was a quote that I can't quote it. I looked for it and I can't find it online yet. But um, the quote basically is: "There are a lot of ways that babies come." Yeah, and and so I I appreciated that a lot too because there's just you know as as a family goes in that way, like there's, that is so very true. So I, I really appreciated that, but you know, there was just a lot of things that I liked. Um, when I was listening to some interviews from Nicholas, he was talking about the reason why this movie came to be was that he and his wife, their first child, um, came very easily and they didn't have to like go through any, um, third party 
but then the second child they actually had to do tri- like in vitro and had to do a lot of different processes to be able to have a second child and so that came by um that i guess that idea of there's a lot of ways that babies come is where it kind of stemmed from so i was i was glad to see that and it was a very undertoned um underlying message for kids that you know if even if you're brother and or sister doesn't come the normal way you're still preparing for it you're still like um building ramps <laughs> and slides to be able to um for expecting this to, to come so i i liked it yep I but like i was still it. really i was still really really confused about the whole about the whole tulip and junior thing and the other simpsons quote that always came in was <laughs> Birdman, you cannot marry Tulip. You're from two different worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, there's always the uh, the orphan in animated films. You know, I never knew my parents. Yeah, yeah. And there's always the outcast, the one that doesn't fit in. You know, and uh, a lot of uh, animated films are driven by getting rid of the outcast, and uh, it backfires. And they realize that the outcast is the best person ever. You know, and um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I. Uh, I thought the story was really cute. You know what almost ruined my experience for me? Tell us. Back me up if you agree. Is the freaking pigeon. The that homing guy, pigeon? Like, who, yeah, the homing pigeon. Like, I didn't like him. Did it, Maybe I'm just old and I don't understand the slang of the youngsters, but um, <laughs> but I oh, couldn't understand anything. I couldn't understand a dang thing the guy was saying. Bruh. Who did the voice? Who is this guy? Bruh. Uh, Steven Kramer Glickman. So he does stuff like, oh, he has his own, he had one episode of his own late night TV show. Uh, it's more than I've done. That's a bad sign. It's more than I've done. He was Just in a movie little. called 30 Nights of Paranormal Activity with the Devil Inside the Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. And um, what? it's probably a scary, <gasps> scary movie knockoff. He was also in a direct-to-video movie called The 41-Year-Old Virgin Who Knocked Up Sarah Marshall and Felt Super Bad About It get it um anyway i don't really know the guy that much uh he's in big time rush but i did not like that pigeon the pigeon was annoying why does he have hair (laughs) why does he have hair why is he annoying why is he there like and i couldn't understand anything he was saying and his um his dumb um um the the heavy the heavy did that song how you like me now yeah like that was i love that song and he ruined it <laughs> oh i have that album the album's great the house the dirt built and um i really didn't like his little sing-along i did not feel like singing along with him because i did not like him so uh i think the homing pigeon <laughs> is a perfect example of um an animation studio trying to create an annoying character that ends up not being appealing the only annoying characters that work are appealing ones olaf is annoying but he's appealing Sid the sloth is annoying Easy. but appealing, you know. And um, but anyway, I just think Olaf's plain annoying. But he was successful. Um, I do not like the pigeon. I hope I never see his dumb face again. <laughs> Sorry to whatever character designer working at Warner Brothers is like. Well, geez, uh, <laughs> right now if you're actually listening to us, but that was a highly ineffective character because he didn't connect with me. I don't, and I don't know anyone who like. I don't know. 
there so the uh, note to other animators character designers your characters must please me appeal to yes. mason <laughs> to mason and it doesn't matter about broad audience or general if it's not appealing to mason forget, forget about, about it. it i'm the only one that matters fail. ultimate fail ultimate fail uh pigeon toady <laughs> not pigeon toady i don't even like him you know who i one of the <laughs> funniest moments, I think, were at the very beginning, right when um, Junior's talking to Tulip. He's like, hey, Orphan Tulip, um, please don't call me Orphan. That hurts my heart. <laughs> that hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, the birds that she was like, those are not birds. They do not fly. They're chicken, an emu, and something else. And the guy, the chicken's like, she's making our dreams come true. <laughs> I was like, I love it. <laughs> So how did you feel about Tulip? I mean, because I didn't really connect with her. Yeah, I didn't have a... There wasn't... Hmm. I didn't connect with her either. You're definitely more trying to connect to Junior through the whole script. Um, mm-hmm. They don't show any of her... Because like, they could have so- shown a lot more of like her struggle and the fact that I've been alone living with birds for the past 18 years of my life. Um, not normal. Not normal, no. And, you know, the fact that nobody ever talks to me, and especially this junior guy that, oh, the first person to ever wish me happy birthday. Like, it was just, (laughs) like, there was just a lot of things. It's like, you could have gone a lot more sad on that. And I'm kind of glad maybe that they didn't. Yeah, all the situations around her were incredibly sad and, like, she's basically been neglected and abused and, like, shoved in the corner. But, like, she didn't really process it that way. Like, she did have that, like, quirky, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sarcastic, like, oh, that hurts my heart, you know. But it it didn't seem to really affect her in the way that maybe it, it should. Right. <laughs> Not saying I, you, you, bad times should get you down, but <laughs> she had a, a very great outlook on it. Right. But I just felt that she just was kind of, you know, superficial in her character and kind of goofy, and and I couldn't really take her seriously, and I didn't Yeah, really there was very little deepness besides the fact mm-hmm. that she, the one moment where she's like, yeah, I, I, hel- I still have the last piece of the beacon that fell, that dropped when Jasper dropped my beacon... And I've been looking for mm-hmm. my family. And that's, like, it. And then there's kind of, like, she's pretty, mm-hmm. she's kind of deep. Like, I think it's interesting. Oh, I thought it was hilarious how the baby was crying. And he was like, just ignore it. Maybe maybe, maybe it'll be quiet. And then it goes into her mind. And she and she's tapping into eons <laughs> and mother. millennia of motherly instinct. <laughs> and there's, yes. like, a Spartan woman like defending that. her baby. <laughs> there's, like, a caveman well, defending her baby. <laughs> oh yeah, and I, I really thought that was that was really funny. That um, was funny. They had some. They had some really good. Um, they had some really good truths about parenthood in the film mm-hmm. that I I'm glad that they tapped into for for comedy purposes. But yeah, you're right. She she is kind of superficial. Like she's very silly. She talks to herself and makes up these elaborate. Uh, elaborate scenarios with like multiples of herself she's like it's okay i covered for myself (laughs) okay (laughs) and um so yeah but i I liked her just because she's really cute and um she was a hyperactive character without being annoying to me again the only thing that matters is appealing to me and um (laughs) uh, i liked her hair and uh the character like all in all was was cool i like that she comes from a family of weasleys that was also cool. Oh, that's right. The, all the Weasley clan. <laughs> I thought that she was going to ditch her family for good. 
Like, I thought that we were going to end the movie with her never having knocked on that door and met her and meeting her folks. But they did at the very end. Yeah. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Like, I'm sure the filmmakers are like, okay, you know, we are missing that closure. We need that closure, especially for the kids, possibly, who are watching this. Um, I don't know. I think there's two ways of looking at it because there's some adopted children who never go looking for their you know, birth parents or who never felt the need. And then there's some that really do. So there's both sides. I don't know. They could have gone either way and it made it work. Yep. Yep. Okay. So what were your favorite parts of the film? What was like the scenes that really stood out to you? Oh, dude, I was laughing so hard with the, the, with the penguins, (laughs) when the penguins and them are fighting (laughs) and they have to be quiet. So it's this really awkward, like, really really Fight. quiet and they're kept they keep looking at the baby and making sure that it's asleep you know and then just like the fact that there was no um there's no like action music you know and there were no gigantic sound effects it's just this like basically if you took every hollywood action sequence and took out the music and like the foley um sound it's just people going <laughs> right. Everybody was silent in the theater, but I was like, <laughs> I was cracking up the whole time because it was like the the funniest, most creative way to portray a fight sequence that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I really enjoyed that part, and the fact that the penguins oh, were not different. adorable. The penguins were horrible and had chin stubble, <laughs> and they were nasty, and they did like... <laughs> their eyes were just beady little white nastiness. <laughs> I love that quote. It's like what, like the the penguins will take care of. They've got lots of documentaries about how motherly about how they, and, they yeah, and how well they raise their how young, great parents they yeah. are. <laughs> I liked that. Oh my goodness, yeah. No, there are a lot of those fun little quips. Um, yeah, the wolves. wolves they were they were great. <laughs> there were a lot of great moments with the wolves. They're building a suspense. And, suspension bridge <laughs> how is that possible i don't, don't know. question it don't question it i loved it um yeah i really loved those uh those dang wolves i thought it was really interesting how oh this is an animated film where the villain dies right he gets in the giant robot did he die and the the tiny the tiny fall little down to his death the tiny little bird, the little angry birds that he's always um, picking on, decide to pick back, you know, because revenge is good, apparently. Um, and uh, and uh, he falls to his demise. So we've got a falling death in animation. So that's that's good. Uh, I feel like we don't get that very much anymore. We, do, we don't. It was a They've 90s really thing, tried... and now it's like, oh, we can They either go to jail that's... so they can keep them for the sequel if they want, um, or they... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We don't have a lot of deaths. And you know what? It's all the worse for it. <laughs> Bring on the deaths. No. Um, they, yeah, that's... Mark my words, there'll be killings next. That whole ending sequence... <laughs> that whole ending sequence where the the whole warehouse falls. I'm just thinking... I always, I always think about the mess that will happen after something is destroyed... And then who is going to clean that up? That's something that, for whatever reason, always goes through my head. I remember one time Morgan and I were watching a movie, and it was like 
in there was a huge fight sequence where they go into the store and they like break everything down and we both look at each other we're just like who's gonna clean that up (laughs) that that poor that poor shop owner will come into work that day and be like oh man that stinks so that's something that always goes through my head wow i like i like how at the very beginning, did you guys think of Amazon when you? Yes, that's that's most definitely. Like, <laughs> Amazon. Amazon. Oh yeah, no, it it totally was like a knockoff ripoff of Amazon. Yeah. I mean, instead of things being delivered by drones in this world, it's just hasn't quite progressed to that. It's mm-hmm. storks. I, I like the right. um, yeah, <laughs> I like the um the clever way that they got back to the storks uh, factory. Was she just got? She just ordered a refrigerator, <laughs> and then they then and returned, then returned it. it. It's great. That's a very <laughs> that that's a very nice little commentary on like how instantaneously we get things now. Like, oh, I, I understand what you just did. You you ordered that so it, and returned it so that we could get back here. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like like that classic Andy Samberg. But yeah. Um, overall, mm-hmm. like I was very impressed with the film. I felt like they could have left the stupid pigeon out. Um. <laughs> and actually everything would have been fine like i don't know i don't i don't know what if the movie would have been ruined if they had just cut him out entirely yeah well the whole that whole there was a whole section that i felt like it did slow yeah. down the fact that they had to like take him to another place and um like Were they- change the address on his the humming beacon and everything i felt like that it got a little jumbled there and it didn't like the i felt like the pace kind of stalled slightly Hmm. um that was for me at least i i don't know i felt like it was going really well and then right around there it was just kind of like what's going on and then it kind of picked up after that so that's where yeah, I it's was. interesting. They they always have to have that kind of journey montage where they're starting to bond a little more. Um, relationships start to get fixed so that they can be truly tested by the end of the film. Yeah, I, I felt like it it might have slowed down a little bit, like pacing wise around that part. But I, I liked, I liked kind of that fatherly side of uh, of Junior. If he's Junior, then who is Senior? Maybe that'll be in stories <laughs> too. The boss. Oh, yeah, I was thinking familial. Oh, Storks 2. And Storks 2, they're going to be like, but what about my family? You know. <laughs> I don't think we need a Storks oh. 2. Let's just... Yeah. I don't think it'll, it will have been such a huge success to warrant one, and then it's just... No, we told the story. It was, it was good. Let's move on. Okay, okay. Well, do you know what? Something that... Now that you say that specifically, like what happened, who was going to be Junior's... Who was the senior... Uh, you realize in the very beginning when oh that when um, <laughs> Hunter is like you will be the boss and everybody I could have like, done explodes. without that like oh the power um, I thought the first yeah. time it was funny uh, but it was after that he was like oh yes and I'll be like the father you never knew and blah 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 so I realize now like he was basically an orphan oh, as well see they're just setting up or for the least- sequel y'all. They're just setting it up, and so now that's one more reason why he should have more of a kinship with Tulip than than not. Um, except he just he is very different in how he shows his feelings, and at the very end, he's the one that cries more. <laughs> oh, he really has a heart, and then I like that little moment he has when he when he, he um, uh, 
what is the name that Tulip gives her? Diamond Destiny. Yes. It gives <laughs> gives away Diamond Destiny. Sign here and here and initial here here and here. Um, he kind of has a, a premonition of of her potential and the life that she's going to have, and and that's really sweet. And he that says, was, "I love you." I he, def- says, he tells the baby, "Loves." Oh, I did. You guys get emotional at all? I did at the end. I got emotional at that part. Yeah, no, I really got emotional at that part. Family, isn't it about time? It's all about family. It is. It's all. It's all in the family and about family. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm happy for any uh, any pro family message, whatever whatever your family is made up of. And I I really enjoyed it. I um, I thought. The ending wrapped up really well, and she got to meet her family. And um, I'm really glad that Jasper wasn't like I, I like a character that a creeper. yeah I like a character that everybody thinks is a creeper, but he's really just misunderstood, and he actually helps out a lot. <laughs> but I think there was a point. <laughs> what? Like the old like the old man in, in Home Alone. Yeah, that's true. true. Isn't he one of the better (laughs) characters in the film? Isn't he the one everybody cheers for at the end? Yes. Yes. But anyway. Yes, it is. But just that funny way to phrase it. I like characters where everybody thinks they're a creeper, but then they're. He's just misunderstood. just misunderstood. (laughs) What? (laughs) But anyway, I I really enjoyed this film, and um, I want to know what you guys would rate it, actually. All right. So for me, I give it three stars. Hello. I felt like it was enjoyable, funny, and something I could watch again. It's not something that I would necessarily want to watch again, however. Like, or at least I would be like, I want to watch that, you know? It's the difference between I am willing and it is my will. I am willing and it is my will. Yeah, so there's the willing passive. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Or the willing or it's my will meaning i will actively search that out to watch it again i'm i'm willing it wouldn't be my will uh so that's that's where i held well, this movie well. at three stars so i am right along with you i went in this not really expecting much not uh, basically kind of not wanting to see it in the, at all uh and was surprised however i don't think that it really I mean other than the family thing which Mason talked about that was kind of the highlight definitely but there wasn't really too much that made me love this movie where I need to say to see it again um so I'm gonna give it two and a half stars whoa Not saying that that is bad it's just yeah. I don't need to see it again wasn't my favorite but I mean I, I was surprised and I, it held my attention while I was watching it Man, now I feel like a loser if I rate it four stars because that's kind of no, where I'm headed. No, rate it what you want to rate it. I don't know. I this this was one of my how many animated films have I seen all year? I don't know. I've only I've seen like two. <laughs> um, how much I rate rate Cubone? Oh, hmm. I can't remember our ratings. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I can't. Somebody I can't... needs to do like a whole spreadsheet of all of our ratings for every movie that we've and ever done. And how ridiculous and inconsistent and subjective <laughs> they are. <laughs> Yes. yes. Hey, we don't. You rated to Goofy be... movie the same as Gone with the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> that one guy. <laughs> oh man. Hey. Our See, we can we can laugh is... about that era now, but man, that was rough. 
That's the great thing about this. It's like, these are our opinions. You have your opinions. Ours are totally subjective and biased. That's the great thing. Yeah, we don't, don't pretend to be them. anything. Start your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and when you do, don't dedicate two entire episodes about bashing us. But anyway, uh. if you would please. But, um, uh, I don't know. Four stars. I'm going to give it four nice. stars. You know why? Because Is I really it? enjoyed the animation. I, I love Andy Samberg. And I thought it had a great message, and the visuals were amazing. Like, man, we are pushing a, a, a lot as far as uh, rendering and comp work and lighting and, um, you know, and surfacing and things like that. And just the, the fidelity at which they, you can uh, you yeah. can produce an animated film now um, is There was one moment. Amazing. Sorry to cut you off, no, but there was yeah, one moment stars. where he, like, drops the piece of paper with, like, his his picture of him as the big brother with the little brother on the ground with all the rain falling over it and it's like wow that is really well done just the the imagery and the the quality of animation oh no man the, were the lighting really when great. that the lighting when the factory is on the tip of that um that mountain and it's falling down and the you know and and the sun is hitting it just right it's just man it's just beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> it's beautiful when it's falling down to the doom. C'est magnifique. But uh but yeah. Um super happy about it and I'm glad I went. Would I watch it again? I don't know. I'm kind of at this weird point in my life when I want to watch one like films once often than the same film over again often. You know, mm-hmm. like if I'm going to be in this industry, then I really need to know about movies and stuff. And uh, there are some non-negotiables that classics that you need to watch if you're if you're going to know what's going on in the industry. And um, I need to catch up on those. And so. Uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know. Replay value is kind of irrelevant to me. I haven't even watched like The Lion King in a, in a while. So I thought it was interesting. This was done by Warner Animation Group, and this is sort of the, the new. Um, new and improved, you know, group. There's been lots of iterations of Warner Feature Animation over the years. Uh, we have the 90s era with Space Jam, Quest to Camelot, The Iron Giant, and so on and so forth. But they kind of regrouped, and their first film was the Lego movie, and this was their second, which is Storks. And I think for, you know, like, looking at this new era, they've been pretty good. You, obviously, you have the Lego movie on the one hand, which is crazy successful and popular and, and yeah. just all around great. And then this, I would just say decent. Um, and then if you look at their list of upcoming films, you have the Lego Batman movie, the Lego Ninjago movie. Then you do have Smallfoot-esque uh, Scoob, S-C-O-O-B, uh, and then the Lego movie sequel and the Billion Brick Race. So they definitely have a lot of their bricks in the Lego basket. But as far as this as being a unique you know, animated film non-sequel, I thought it was pretty good for, you know, just decent a two and a half star decent, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're three. <laughs> Which I feel like I have given movies at three and a half stars, like way more cutting reviews. But that's that's what you get. Morgan doesn't, doesn't care doesn't anymore, it, is what she's saying. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. That's the great thing. So I love things that yeah. don't mean uh. anything. I'm I'm an I'm an absurdist. I love absurd humor. Like at work, all we do is look up YouTube poops. Do you know what those? <laughs> You know what those are, right? They're like funny no. edit, funny, um, slightly inappropriate edits of uh, children's shows like SpongeBob. I'll send you some links. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, Mammy. I I love absurdity, stuff that doesn't make sense. 
Yeah. Well, so, speaking of things that are not absurd, let's move into our voicemail segment. Okay. Speaking Woo-hoo! of absurd, we had a whopping four voicemails. <laughs> that, that was a red herring. There's nothing absurd about it. <laughs> but we have voicemails by Rachel Wagner, Ryan R., and someone with no name. And we're going to uh, play the no name review first. Hi, Rotoscopers. I just saw Storks, and I thought it was pretty good. My favorite things about the film were probably how cute it was and the character design. I loved all these characters. I, I feel like this is the first, like, 2D, like, 3D film that really, I think, captures, like, how, like, a 2D film would look like. I felt like these characters, the animation, and the, it made these characters feel so, like, alive. Not, like, a, very different from, like, Pixar or Disney's, like, design. And I love how cute this film was. I was surprised. I got kind of emotional. I didn't cry, but I did get emotional at some points. And I think this, basically this, this film was like the cuteness in this film was off the charts. And I also thought it was a fun film. But the one part I didn't get was um I didn't see that the that like the corporation or what like the thing they used to you know what. Okay, start. I, I think he, uh, I, I don't know. I think he just ended the call or he ran out of time or something like that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes if you send it via speak pipe, there's a minute 30 um, restriction. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that was what it was sent by, but there you go. Well, I liked how you said that it was, this animation was very close to what it would be in 2D. And I can totally see that as well. Like it was 3D or it was computer driven, but... I can see, like, when I think about it in my mind, it does look 2D to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Basically, we're trying to get to the point in producing animation where if, where I want this animation to look like the way I envisioned it, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you have someone who works with cartoons and, and more abstract imagery, then, uh, by gosh, we can, we have the technology to, to pull that off. Um, this next one is by our very own Rachel Wagner. On Storks. Here we go. Ah, Miss Rachel. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Rachel. So I saw Storks, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cute little movie. I thought the message was really nice. I, one thing I really liked was the way that the parents kind of learned their lesson very early. And so you didn't get the typical kind of oh, overworked workaholic parents, like at the last minute running off and spending time with their kids, like in Hook or or something like that. Uh, They just realized that their kids were really fun. And I thought that that was really refreshing. And I also thought that a lot of the humor worked. I liked the wolves in their different formations. But I also thought that some of the humor didn't work, like the toady pigeon, a little of him I thought went a long way. So anyway, that's my thoughts. I'd be curious to know what you think about it and uh, if it if it worked for you. I think it is, feels a little bit forgettable, even though I did enjoy it. Yeah, I think Rachel's like right along with me. Like it, it was good. It was enjoyable. But hey, let's move on. Um, one thing I definitely noticed about Rachel's email voicemail is that great sound quality. Oh, you can tell. my goodness. That she has a YouTube channel because <laughs> that was she cares. Very, 
Very nice. Very nice. Yes. So, uh, yeah, she did talk about something we didn't, which was that the parents learned their lesson earlier on in the film. It's not just like, yay, here's a whole bunch of morals and lessons all wrapped up in a bow at the end. You know, they, they learn in the middle and then it prepares them for the baby that comes, you know, which is good. You know, because you could, you could imagine that they, uh, you know, didn't didn't accept that they were going to have a baby until the very, very end. And it's like, oh, well, you're here. I guess we love you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. But yeah, I totally stole that point from Rachel. I, I listened to her voicemail ahead of time, but yeah. <laughs> Ladron. Ladron. But yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, this last one is from Ryan R. Who is in our chat right now. So, Ryan... Hey Morgan, Mason, and Chelsea, this is Ryan, one of your subscribers from the Rotoscopers channel. Um, I love you guys so much. Anyway, since I'm recording this message a week before the new Storks movie comes out, which is a Warner Brothers movie, here's my uh, question that relates to that, uh, of an upcoming Warner Brothers animated movie. What are your thoughts on the Lego Batman movie so far? It's honestly one of my most anticipated movies of next year, and my most anticipated animated movie of next year. Because the Lego movie is one of my favorite anime movies ever made, and from the creativity to the characters to the all the hilarious jokes, heartwarming message and story, it's one of the few movies I consider to be perfect, and I loved it from beginning to end because it never became dull. And I honestly think the Lego Batman movie has a lot to live up to, but I think from the trailers alone, it looks like it's going to deliver one of the most uh, hilarious, creative, and full-of-heart movies that involve my favorite DC characters that I grew up loving. And all, and all the trailers alone, every time I rewatch them, they get better and better, and I laugh harder every single time because it's just so memorable, and I, and I, I just can't wait. Anyway, that's my question to you guys. Um, anyway, this is Ryan. I love you all, and I hope you get this message uh, right around the, the time the Storks gets released. All right, love you all. Bye. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, we love you too, Thank Ryan. Thank you. So as far as my thoughts about the new Batman movie, or ba- Lego Batman movie, I was really, the the preview that I saw before Storks was really great. I made me really excited about it. I feel like when I watch it, it'll be the same way that I like, that I loved the Lego movie in that you're just watching and laughing the whole time. Um, I think one thing that I really like about the whole Lego, Lego franchise is inherently it has the ability to cross genres and it does not have to stick in canon so that's something that i I really like about that because it you go in knowing that it does not matter and it is totally crazy but it's going to be funny so my thoughts yes your thoughts yeah i'm excited i think so far i mean obviously Batman in the Lego movie franchise was a huge hit. People loved him. He was he was obviously one of the highlights of the film. And there were worries that perhaps they couldn't replicate this. But so far with the the trailers, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And I do think it'll be interesting just to focus on him and get a cool little you know Batman story out of it. Yay! All right, Yay. that's it for uh, that's it for voice uh, voicemail. So whoop, thanks whoop. everybody for calling in. Um, if you want to leave your own voicemail and be featured on the show, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or you can call 406-646-6575. That's 406-646-6575. So our next episode is actually going to be Wall-E. 
and get hyped because this will be the first time I've ever watched it. Whoa, get ready. So, uh, yes, that is going to be a patron pick, and it's going to be followed by another patron pick, which is Finding Nemo. So back-to-back Pixar films, speaking of Mr. Doug Sweetland. Um, And then we will be going into new releases. Then in November, we will be doing Trolls and then Moana. So. Those, that's basically the next uh, couple films we'll be doing on the show. You can go to rotoscopers.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom. There's a little thing in the footer that says upcoming podcast episodes, and you can check out the schedule there. As we get closer, I will update those with links so you can rent the movies online. Obviously, Trolls and Moana, not possible to do that. We recommend that you go to your local theater and support the films there. Yep, yep. Man, I'm so excited for Trolls and for Moana. Yes, seriously. Actually, I actually great. don't know which one I'm going to like mm-hmm. more, to be honest. But, but that's okay. I can like both of them equally. So yeah, I'm excited. Me too. For sure. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everyone who joined us in the chat. We had Jeremiah, we had Ryan, we had Rachel, we had a whole bunch of people basically that were joining us live. So Raymond was joining us and a few other people up a little earlier so thanks for joining us we record um if again go to the bottom of the website for our recording schedule it gives the date on which we record and it's usually it's 5 p.m pacific time 7 p.m central so until next time we are the rotoscopers i didn't even say it i'm so sorry we are the rotoscopers Ooh, I should sh- uh, Chelsea. I should show you my latest um, time-based media project. We had to do um, audio engineering for a scene, and I think oh, nice. you'd be pretty proud of me. Really? Yeah, I'm I re- sure I, I recorded zombie noises on my microphone for like a minute. Oh, I great. saw that. That was on Monday, wasn't it? <laughs> I saw that too. Oh, that's for this. We we turned a a scene from No Country for Old Men into a zombie movie, <laughs> and we even green screened someone in. And it looks really good. Nice. Expect nothing, nothing less. We're calling it No Country for Old Zombies. Love it. <laughs> Why, I love how you turned your head to the side, like, so proud of yourself after you did that. <laughs> I am proud of myself. Is there anything wrong with being proud of myself? No, it's great. It's all I've got. It's fantastic. Sir, she got away. <laughs> sure, she got away? <laughs> A peculiar time. That's what you we're going to Pixar Land. I can talk about that. I can talk about trolls. I can talk about... Smile, everyone.